Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. I'm your host, Ben Easter. I'm here with my co-host, my lovely wife, Paige Easter. Today, we are talking about something that we use all the time and that I hope that you will uh, use all the time by the end of this if if you're not already using the power of affirmations. Uh, What do you think about affirmations, Paige? Um, My first thought is before I started practicing affirmations for myself is that they, I didn't understand them and I didn't understand how they would work. They felt a little like, like unclear on what they can do for us and like how that works in a way that makes sense in logic. Like a woo woo. Yeah. Like I felt a little woo woo, and I had a hard time buying in, and I had a lot of resistance to starting them. And um, I got a lot of nudges from you to finally <laughs> start doing them, and I definitely think they've had a huge impact on my life. So I'm super excited to get this information out to more people. Um, just like different ways of thinking about it and understanding how it is that it works so that we can get more buy-in for people to just go, go and do them and then just see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a big part of what I'd like to do today is actually focus on a little bit of a sales pitch for affirmations, because I do know, I also thought that they felt really woo woo. And if you, if you're not like if you're not in a world where you can make sense of the more esoteric or metaphysical explanations of things, then it could get in the way of you actually doing the practice of the affirmations. And since they do have such a profound impact in the world. And I, I believe that uh, this was the same thing I experienced with acupuncture, really. Like I wanted to figure out a way to explain it. That didn't sound because you know, the theory behind it is chi moving and spirits and all this stuff. And uh, like that just didn't work for me. And yet here I was seeing in clinic this, this procedure working over and over and over again. And so I had to figure out a way to explain it for me to understand it with my more Western mind, I guess you might call it, or, you know, scientific mind. So to understand how this thing could work. And I feel like affirmations are the same way. Like they kind of have a flavor of sort of esoteric or metaphysical success. And I don't think, I think that that absolutely is part of how they work. But I also think that we don't even need to rely on all that metaphysical stuff uh, in order to get to the the reason why affirmations work. I think it's based in neuroscience. Yeah, totally. Awesome. So where do you, where do you think we should begin? Like where, where do yeah, we start? I'd, I'd actually like to start with that sales pitch. So let's talk about kind of how, um, how our brains work a little bit and how affirmations can kind of use the sort of the mistakes that our brains make sometimes to create in a way that we want them to. So um, I like to start with an understanding of, uh, well, basically I'd like to start with this. Our brains are making sense of chaos. Okay. So that is an important context. I think to understand is just that, you know, we think that we're looking around and seeing an orderly world, but what's actually happening is we're seeing 
just a chaotic mess of different stimulus and our brains are kind of ordering it in a way that to our conscious mind, to our executive functioning brain, it looks like it's a cohesive, like I see a glass of water and a light and a phone and a notebook and that sort of thing. Um, even though that's all happening in the interpretation, right? That's not even in my sense data. That's happening in the interpretation of the data. So <clears throat> the, the point of, that I'm making here is that because the world is chaos, our brains are doing the best that they can to organize that chaos in a way that we can get what we want out of the world. Okay. And it does that by taking certain shortcuts. And a lot of these shortcuts we call cognitive biases. And so the cognitive biases are um, shortcuts that our brain takes in organizing data that sometimes results in errors in thinking. So um, the, t the two that I'm specifically talking about today that I think are really useful is confirmation bias, which is our tendency to uh, filter evidence in the world for the things that confirm what we already believe about the world. Okay, so we look for evidence that confirms what we already believe. That's confirmation bias. And attention bias is the other one, which is that if we've been paying attention to something, we'll tend to notice more of that out in the world. Okay, and these are both shortcuts that are error, kind of cognitive errors, but we're going to use them when we're doing affirmations to kind of uh, get some real benefit. Does that make sense? Am I, are we clear on those those things? Do you think enough for listeners? I Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, maybe a quick example of confirmation bias and a quick example of attention bias, just to provide a little extra context. Uh, well, attention bias, the classic one that people use to talk about it is when you're looking to buy a new car. And so you're thinking a lot about the car and now you start to see it everywhere on the road in, in what would seem to be a statistically high, um, uh, un unlikely level you're seeing that car appear around you or when you're thinking about making a new purchase or when you're thinking about a certain kind of thing or when you're thinking about a course that you want to buy and it starts showing up all over the place for you, that's attention bias at work. Confirmation bias is more like when you're, uh, when you really, you see this in the political sphere is a really obvious example where people have a really strong leaning toward the left or the right and then they'll gravitate toward the news source that most closely represents their views because it's confirming what they're believing about the world. So that would be an example of confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Now, now I think that it's important kind of also to talk about this in terms of the reticular activating system, which is again, that part of our brain, which makes meaning it activates the reticles in our eyes and it makes meaning out of the world um, uh, from what we desire from what we're, um, from what our needs are in the world, you might say, or our, our desires in the world. So um, it, it's, in other words, we find what we're looking for. So <clears throat> a quick example that everybody can do, if you're playing along with this right now, you can look around the environment that you're in right now and look for every instance of green. And I'm gonna quiz you, you've got three seconds to look for every instance of green that you can possibly remember. And I'm gonna play along. Okay, now close your eyes. And then I'm gonna pick another color purple. And it's so funny because I'm in my office right now and I know my office, but I still can only think of a couple things. And one of them I didn't even just see, that's purple. Now I'm gonna open my eyes and I'll look for purple and I see purple all over the place actually. It was even right next to one of the green things that I was looking at before, right? So the idea is 
that because I primed you to look for one color and you, if you looked for that color, chances are you didn't see the other color that you weren't being primed for in that moment. So that's, that's the way that our reticular activating system works. We're looking for the things that we're, uh, we're making meaning out of in the world. And affirmations is really going to rely on this later on when we talk about it. So what we're really trying to do when we're, when we're creating an affirmation is we're, we're priming our brain, we're priming that reticular activating system to look for evidence that the affirmation thought is true. And that's a big part of why these things work in the first place. Is that clear enough? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think so. So can you maybe a question that I have right now is like, how is it that the affirmations do that? Like, how do they prime, like by what mechanism is our reticular activated system then primed to look for something? That's a great question. So the, um, if you think about the world that you're, you find yourself in right now, it is fitting the narrative. Like we're already doing this. You're already probably, you probably have some thoughts in your head that aren't very nice thoughts that you think about yourself that don't affirm you when you, when you listen to them. You know, I, I, I hear things like, um, oh, I'm so stupid or, you know, um, nobody will ever like me or something like that. These are, these are thoughts that I had when I was younger. <clears throat> Sometimes I, uh, nobody, nobody will ever like me. Like I'm, you know, I'm an, I'm an unattractive person. These were thoughts that I was thinking to myself. Okay. And so then what happens when I go out in the world with those thoughts where I'm priming myself to look for those, okay. Is I see somebody who, you know, maybe turns away from me in a bar and I interpret that data as, oh, well, look, they, there's more evidence. There's evidence that they don't like me, that I'm an unlikable, mm -hmm. unlovable person. Whereas they could have just had an itch or uh, maybe they, you know, they wanted to let a fart out and they wanted to kind of, <laughs> you know, sl slide away. It's all kinds of things that could have been, you know, that I could have used as evidence mm -hmm. for other things. It actually, I used it to interpret, um, I interpreted it to mm -hmm. mean something about myself, yeah. right? That wasn't when in all when. When in all likelihood, probably that person turning away had nothing to do with you. Right. Or but when even, that when that narrative is playing in the background, it's like, oh, there it is again, more evidence of my unattractiveness, unworthiness, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Which builds up this loop of confirmation because then the more we repeat it, the more we see evidence of it, and the more we believe it, and then the more we repeat it, and the more we see evidence and the more we believe it. So it becomes this like spiral. So we're trying to break with affirmations. Part of what we're doing is we're trying to break that spiral of negative self-talk. So there's like a few reasons why this works and why I, I really want to encourage you to experiment with affirmations. One is the reticular activating system. We're priming the reticular activating system to see evidence. That's confirmation bias and attention bias. Two is we're, we're practicing thoughts so that we can replace our default thoughts. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Kung Fu. I love the idea of like just going and drilling, doing some drills. So like, Drilling a block, for example, over and over and over again. Because the thing is, when it's time to use a block in the world, when somebody's punching at you or something like that, that's the, not the time to practice. Like, what are my mechanics? How do I have? How do I accurately block this thing? Because if you spend that kind of time while somebody's punching at you to mm -hmm. think through those things, you're going to get punched. There's no time for it, right? So we want to have drilled the block so many times in a safe environment that when it comes time to actually block a punch we don't have to think about all the mechanics we can mm -hmm. just let it go we've really built the neural we've, pathways we've installed mindset muscle memory and exactly. it's just it's automatic. yeah exactly. so way i like and to talk about this is we we never want to send untrained soldiers into battle like we want to give them hundreds of thousands of reps so that they can increase their likelihood that they will be successful and be able to keep themselves in safe when they go to battle 
Exactly. I love that. I love that way of looking at it. So yeah, so we're trying to train our soldiers up so that when we enter into any situation, we are more likely to reach for that affirming thought to prime ourselves for seeing evidence of that thing being true than we are to reach for a, a negatively affirming, a negating thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, also we're, we're, as are, as we are practicing affirmations, we're really spending time with our vision. So we're, we're playing out into the world of where this thought is already completely true. And we're connecting with that version of ourselves that already believes that that thought is already true. And so while we're doing that, we're developing our vision of the world, which opens us up to new opportunities. This is similar to the way that the RAS is, is functioning. We're opening ourselves up to new opportunities, but also we're becoming more and more familiar with that way of showing up in the world. Because what we're really doing is we're practicing mm-hmm. a way of being in the world. And that's yeah. a big part of what we're doing with affirmations. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of this as like um, <laughs> if we're developing a video game character, like if it was your job to develop a video game character, like what would that character be doing to show on the screen the characteristics of like a confident person? Because you can't just like write the word confident on top of their head and walk away. Like (sighs) what does confident even look like and how does that show up in your (coughs) ideal character development? And then what's also really interesting about this is like our bodies, our physiological experience to creating a vision for the future is the same as as remembering a memory and we can actually pull from memories and pull from visions of the future to create, to call in different physiological states. And our physiological states are like another word for that is the feelings that we're having. And then when we're doing that, we're having different feelings and then when we feel different, we show up differently and we can increase our likelihood that we'll have the requisite internal resources to go out and act in a way that gets us the kind of results that we want in the world. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is like we, uh, our, our subconscious mind can't distinguish from memories and vision for the future. And mm-hmm. so we can, we can kind of vision our way into a the same kind of truth that we believe exists about memories by using something mm-hmm. like affirmations. Yeah. Right on. Exactly. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And then the last thing that the practice of affirmations does, I think that'll be very obvious for people is, I mean, you probably, you probably know this if you're thinking to yourself, Oh yeah, I have one of those thoughts. That's really negative about myself all the time. Or I, I can recognize one of those thoughts. Ask yourself if that puts you in a resourceful state. When you think to yourself that negative thought, I'm so stupid or nobody will ever love me or I'm never going to be able to figure this out or I'll never, you know, whatever the thought is that you're, that you think to yourself when you're thinking that thought, okay, ask yourself if you feel resourced, if you feel like you have energy to go out and tackle the kinds of problems that, that, you know, that, that thought is around in the world. Chances are probably no. And so a big part of what we're doing with affirmations is we're literally just not saying those negative thoughts in our minds. And even if we were just to stop saying all that bullshit that we say to ourselves, our lives was our lives would steadily improve. And so I think that's a big part of affirmations too. So we have, we're using the power of attention bias and confirmation bias, okay? By training our mind to think this thought. And by the way, you'll know your affirmation is starting to really take root when you find yourself thinking the thought without intending to think it. And that's where a really, that's where a really cool part of this creation process happens. We're using it to train our default thoughts, just like blocking a punch, so that we can be ready to 
to have, I'm a confident person pop out of my thought as opposed to, oh man, I'll never figure this out every time I'm running into a situation where I'll have something challenging that I'm running into. So we want to pick those thoughts that are going to empower us. And then we're spending time with our vision. We're developing our understanding of ourselves as the person who truly 100% believes that thought. And then we're also not saying the negative affirmations or the negations to ourselves. So um, so these are the reasons why I think it's really important, why, why we can recognize and believe these things from a more neuroscience perspective than from like a woo woo perspective is that we're we're actually building neural pathways in our brain that are there to help us filter reality to see more of the evidence about the world that we want to live in than the one that we're creating by our default thoughts yeah um Mm -hmm. anything to add on any of that stuff page um One extra little thought that I have here is as we're stepping into vision of us as a confident person and doing that, like I call it character development or identity development. Mm -hmm. I think what's really useful about that is like creating an actual picture of what that would look like so that we start creating a pathway for us to show up. What kind of behaviors can I take on? Um, and, And even in this moment, I think the I guess the right word would be like the adage, but instead of fake it until you make it, behave it until you become it. If I want to be confident, what is the signature of that in my body, in my behavior, in my posture, in my decision-making? How do I go through my life as this confident, upgraded character that I'm developing? Yeah, and I love that. I love that phrasing too, that character development thing. Um, so that that is a big part of how we're using affirmations is, is we're like... because affirmations in isolation, they're useful. Again, just saying nice things to yourself is useful. Okay. Now we, there are ways that we can kind of turn up the usefulness of that. And one of these things, one of these ways is in what you're saying right now is we, we identify that version of ourselves that we most want to be. And we identify like, what are the qualities? What are the thoughts that that person is thinking about themselves? How are they describing themselves in the world when we're at our our highest and best version or whatever you want to call it, however you want to identify with that version of you that you're becoming, okay? And then identify what are the thoughts that that person is thinking because if you start practicing those thoughts right now, that's a a surefire path to becoming that person in the world because Mm -hmm. our thoughts create our actions, our actions create our results. And so the more we can think the thoughts of that ideal version of ourselves, the more we can take the actions of that ideal version of ourselves. And then the more we'll see the results in the world of that ideal version of ourselves. Yeah. Really solid point there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how we do it, how affirmation actually works. And I love, in, in fact, this is a great segue because this character development piece, identifying that character, that's, that's where I would invite everybody who's listening to this to start with their affirmations. Cause it's so easy to go online and get a list of affirmations. And look again, saying nice things to yourself is better than not saying nice things to yourself. But if those affirmations um, aren't in perfect alignment with your vision for yourself as you are in the future, they're going to be a little bit less impactful than if you had started with that end in mind, that vision for yourself, and then crafted your affirmation or affirmations around um, that vision. Mm-hmm. So take a second to embody that and invite that image, that vision, that feeling into your mind right now of that person that you want to be, right? And and start to notice what are some thoughts that that person thinks about themselves? Like we, we were talking a little bit about confidence. When I started my affirmation journeys years and years and years ago, my first affirmation was I'm calm, confident, funny, relaxed, energetic, entertaining, interesting, and able. I'm calm, confident, funny, relaxed, energetic. 
And I would just rattle that off. Now, look, I've learned a lot since then. So I know that I was going about it a little bit the hard way because I was, I had so many concepts in that phrase that it was hard for me to actually like pick out the meanings of those words as I was rattling through my affirmation. But that said, you can brute force your, your way through with affirmations like that because it probably took me 80,000 reps before I felt like I actually was any of those things at that time in my life. But hey, I had nothing better to do with those 80,000 reps than that at the time. So, um, and it certainly worked. So I, I love that. So find that vision of yourself. Ask yourself, what thoughts is that person thinking to get us started on the affirmation practice, okay? Now here, here are some rules of thumb for constructing your affirmation. One, we, we want it to be in the positive language version of itself. So, you know, somebody might think the thought like, I'm not a smoker anymore. And that's not as useful for us because the object, our brain is only going to be able to create. It's not gonna be able to like negate things out of the world. And so we, we wanna focus our mind on the thing that we do want to see, not the thing that we don't want to see. Because if I say, Simon says, don't think of a pink elephant, there's no way you can do that unless you first identify what a pink elephant is. So you've already created a pink elephant into your world by the time you've um, then shifted. If you were able to do that thing that I just said, it's because you very quickly sh thought of a different thought in your mind, but you couldn't have even done that if you didn't identify the object of my sentence, which was pink elephant. So uh, I think that's a pretty solid example of this thing. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mind. So the command, don't think of a pink elephant necessarily creates the thought of pink elephant because in order to follow through with the instruction, brain has to first call in pink elephant and then think of something that isn't that. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so when we're creating an affirmation thought, keep the knots and the absences and the doubt or whatever mm -hmm. those thoughts are, keep them out of the affirmation. So in this case, if I wanted to not be a smoker, so I, my, the first thought that I wanted to do is like, oh, I'm not a smoker. That's my affirmation thought. Okay. Um, maybe it's something different. It's like, I, I like, I love breathing or I, t I, I cherish my lungs, which is mm -hmm. a much, it's a much different state of being than relating everything in your life to the mm -hmm. absence of smoking because smoking mm -hmm. is the heart of that other affirmation. So you want your affirmation to be positive in positive language. You want your affirmation to be in present tense language. So something that's happening right now. Okay. Um, I like the am, like, like the being verb. I am, I am this thing. I am because usually we can find evidence of some version of I am like confident or I am cherishing my lungs or something like that. We can usually find some version of that because, oh, even as I thought that, I was like, like I, I wanted to take a big deep breath, right? Um, mm -hmm. I felt the urge to. Um, so not I will be. That's the, the thing here. We don't want mm -hmm. it to be a future thing because the thing about the, the thought I will be something is for it to be true, you can't be it right now. And so... Mm -hmm we're creating a world where we're always looking to the horizon In pursuit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That want works the same way. Um, that word mm -hmm. want, you can't, you can't believe I, that you want something for most people. You can't believe that you want something while also in that moment experiencing the fullness of it or the abundance of that thing in your mm -hmm. life. Um, and so be on the lookout for anything that is like counter creating in your reality. So we want present tense. Um, and so this is like 
qualities of being and actions that you can take. And then this is all rooted in, we wanna be able to find some kind of believability in it. So you want to believe your affirmation thought, even if it's only in some small way. So if you, if like for where you're standing right now, if the thought I am confident is like, no, I'm not. Like you have this thing pop up in your mind that says, nah, no, I'm not, right? Ask yourself, all right, is, is, are there some times when you're confident? Okay, cool. So I am confident sometimes might be a stepping stone to get you to the point where you can believe the thought I'm confident. And so we want to find something that where we can fully get behind the, the affirmation. We really can like buy into it mm -hmm. and we can find a version mm -hmm. of the world where we buy into that affirmation because that's a big part of what we're going to be doing mm -hmm. when we're practicing it. Mm -hmm. So is that clear? The, the kind of the three qualities of crafting an affirmation? Yeah, that it's believable, that it's in the present tense, and that it's in positive or affirmative language. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, th those are the major points. So then I want to talk a little bit about the kind of the way that I use affirmations and practicing. So I like I like to, to employ the Malcolm Gladwell's quote unquote 10,000 hour rule or just the idea of like a 10,000 rep rule on affirmations. So we, you know, we carry around our beads. Um, this I have a for those of you who are listening and not watching, I have a. Uh, a set of, um, they're called mala beads, they're called prayer beads, they're called uh, all kinds of different things, but basically it's a string of beads that has 108 beads on it. And so if I'm practicing an affirmation, I will use my beads and I'll count one bead per affirmation. And then when I come back through the whole thing, cause it's got one special bead that marks the end. Once I've completed one round of my affirmation, I will have done 108 reps. If I do that for a hundred days in a row, then I've done 10,000 reps of my affirmation. What's amazing about that is you, I truly believe you cannot do this practice and not have it change your life. You will believe, you will start to see your affirmation in your reality by the time you're done with 10,000 reps, assuming that you've followed the other principles of creating an affirmation. In fact, you'll start to see it by about five to 6,000, but I would encourage you to stick with it through to 10 so that you can really integrate and uh, come to own the affirmation. So we're practicing it a lot. You're just like, I mean, think about it. Is it worth cultivating this quality in your life? Is that worth doing 10,000 reps of something? It'll take you five to 15 minutes, depending on how complicated your affirmation is to practice that. Is five to 15 minutes a day for a hundred days, for a little over three months, is it worth it to you to call, to see in your reality this new state of being? For me, I think the answer is yes. I hope our listeners are saying yes. If so, get yourself a set of beads and, uh, and then uh, check out your affirmation. And the other thing that we're doing, so we can charge up our affirmation practice a little bit more too by not just doing reps, but while I'm practicing. So, um, you know, I'm a magnetic leader and I effortlessly develop meaningful community. I'm a magnetic leader and I effortlessly develop meaningful community. That's one of the affirmations that I'm working right now. So while I'm doing that, I am imagining myself as a magnetic leader who is effortlessly developed meaning, meaningful community. So what I'm doing is while I'm saying those words over and over again in my verbal expression, I am in my mind, I am imagining what that means for me. I'm really like thinking about what that means. So what does it mean to be a magnetic leader who is effortlessly developing meaningful community? And I'm seeing I, I walk myself walking into a room and eyes turning toward me. I'm seeing myself on stage. I'm, wa I'm watching myself walk into a room and there are being a lot of people there. 
ready to interact, right? So I'm seeing all these different parts and I'm, as I'm rehearsing the language, I'm also rehearsing the vision of the world. I'm preparing myself to notice those things in my reality as they start to show up because now I've been working this affirmation for a while and as I'm doing it now, I can actually think of real world memories where I'm seeing these things that are happening in my reality. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're really practicing, we're cultivating the experience of uttering that sentence and it being true. What would our world look like if when we said that thought, it was 100% true already? We were seeing evidence of it everywhere. So that's kind of how I think mm-hmm. about really charging up the affirmation practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see I can see how when somebody does this, I have just a, such a clear picture that they're generating the vision for what it looks like. And then once the vision is there, it's like having a roadmap and then you just start doing those things. You start finding yourself in rooms and figuring out how to find yourself in rooms and figuring out how to walk into the room so that eyes are turning to you and just be on the lookout for any type of clue that could help you get there as you're kind of cultivating this vision. And I think that the vision grows over time. Something that I want to address just from my own personal experience, when I first got the invitation from you to start doing affirmations, I had so much resistance I even have a really specific memory of a time where you and I were talking and you were like, say one nice thing about yourself. And I like couldn't, like, it was such a like preposterous ask. I was like, he's so mean for doing this to me and like crying because I, and, and I would be curious to hear like what your interpretation of that is. It, and I want to say it because if anybody else that's listening to this also experiences resistance of like, no, actually like, for me, I wasn't, I didn't feel ready. And and I'd be curious to hear like what your interpretation of that is and maybe find some space for other people who might be relating to that experience that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so one thing is that I, uh, my intuition says, my gut says that <laughs> anybody listening to this podcast is going to have an easier time implementing this in their lives than you would from a direct sort of confrontation from me in the world, because you're voluntarily listening to this podcast you're taking away from it whatever resonates with you and you're doing things in your own time at your own pace. And where I was like directly inviting you into saying something nice and being in front of you and confronting you with whether or not you were actually doing it, that's a much more intense version of development than is like taking out affirmations and kind of playing with the thought and all that stuff. That was like a a really like powerful invitation. But the other thing that, and you're, this is beautiful that you're bringing this up because the other thing that's happening here when you're having that resistance thought and you're like, no, I don't want to do it. Or like, like, whatever. Chances are you're getting some sort of secondary payoff about, and Mm -hmm. maybe we can do a podcast on this actually at some point, but um, Mm -hmm. chances are you're getting some secondary payoff for, from, thinking those other thoughts, those negating thoughts in yourself and common ways Mm -hmm. that this shows up in people's lives are, um, if you're, if you're believing that it's a, it's because you beat yourself up or because you're telling some sort of like negative story about yourself, that it drives you to be successful in the world. And that that is part of why you have been successful. Or, uh, another thing is like, if I don't do this, other people are going to do it for me. And then that'll be even worse. So I'd rather like, this is the, like the, you can't fire me. I quit sort of mentality, 
right? Mm-hmm. I'll, if I'm thinking these thoughts about myself, then at least I'm getting ahead of them. And now nobody else can say something that I wasn't in ownership of for myself. And so there are like these secondary payoffs, these other thoughts mm-hmm. that if we don't reconcile those somehow, it's going to be challenging to get started in the first place mm-hmm. because we're getting something yeah. from, you know, in, you know, in some weird way that doesn't seem that super intuitive, we're getting some benefit from continuing to mm-hmm. think the thoughts about ourselves that aren't very nice. Yeah. I also like to think point. about the, the, the role of habituation and that when we have a habit and it just unfolds super automatically so many times that I think sometimes our brains want to keep being the way that they've been being because there's some sort of safety mechanism, like you said, like either I am not worthy to receive these things or I need to protect myself or I need to punish myself or some sort of, and it's all, it's not explicit. It's all happening subconsciously. Um, And I think that when we start to kind of invite ourselves into a different way of being, my interpretation of it is that brain has been doing this for a long time. And each time that it does it this way and you don't die, it is reconfirming to our brain, our subconscious, and maybe even our unconscious that like, this is how we do it to stay safe. And so taking a moment to just invite people to think about like, it might be difficult for you. It might not, it might be super easy and be like a really seamless transition to start thinking positive thoughts about yourself and taking on an affirmation practice. But if it isn't, just know that this something in you is just trying to keep you safe, trying to save your brain, trying to save energy by doing things the way it's always done because energy is a really precious resource for our safety. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, to, to be, be really clear about this too. Nothing's wrong. If that's happening, there's nothing wrong with totally. you. You're not a failure. You're doing what you can with the experiences that you've had and the resources that you have access to. So being gentle with yourself and, you know, remembering that it's okay to be exactly where you are is really useful. Nothing has gone off and we can make incremental progress toward Mm -hmm. uh, what we want to do. Again, find those thoughts that you can think right now without getting, Mm -hmm. you know, thrown off in the bushes. Like what is the thought that you can think that is incrementally closer to what you're wanting and then practice that affirmation for a while. And then maybe it'll get easier to think the next affirmation level and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So as we're cultivating that stuff. And the other thing is you came by this, honestly, whatever the pattern is that you have, that this is what you're saying. Like your brain is doing its best job to try to keep you safe and alive. And so Mm -hmm. we can have grace. Yeah. Before we wrap this conversation, I have one final point that I want to make is an invitation to your affirmation can be really simple. It doesn't need to be complicated with a million words and be unique, be something that nobody has ever thought of before or never used before. It can really be as simple as I am worthy. I am enough. I am confident. And you can stop there. And if you can just, I am worthy. I ran, I am worthy for 10,000 reps back when we exactly like just stopping with, I am some adjective or some noun that you want to cultivate. And as long as you can see how, if you think that thought, it will it create more space for you to become the way you want to be, then just stop there. It doesn't need to be very complex. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get hung up 
<laughs> don't let it slow you down to try to come up with the perfect affirmation. It's better to yeah, totally. get into the practice of this. That that's caveat being said again, because you you can just you can go online and type like list of affirmations right now and just pick one of those. But I do want you to gut check it with that future version of yourself. So spend some time in the vision of yourself and say, is that a thought that that version of me is thinking regularly? Uh, because mm-hmm. if not, just find one that is that, and that'll be a, it'll just be a way to turn up the volume on your on your affirmation practice. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for another great conversation, Paige. If you have any questions about affirmations, again, I think this is like one of the sort of magic ingredient techniques in the world. Um, the power of just this one practice in your reality is so profound. It is so life changing. And I, if you, but if there, but in order for that to happen, you have to be practicing it. And in order for that to happen, you have to get over any thoughts that are getting in the way of you practicing. So if you have, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, but, and you're still not sold on any part of it, please, I would encourage you, please reach out to us, uh, at lucid underscore shift underscore coaching slide into our DMS on Instagram and ask any questions about affirmations that you have, because, um, we'd really like to bring this up. Um, I'll do uh, an infinite number of podcasts around this in the future to get us to, um, to finding that because I do believe that this is one of the practices that can just change your life with the least amount of effort. Honestly, it'll, it makes the rest of everything else either easier or even unnecessary in your life. So mm-hmm. hope you have fun with your affirmations. Um, remember, keep them positive, keep them present tense, keep them believable and, uh, hope you enjoy your shift to freedom. Thanks for the conversation page. Welcome. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.